a lot of times people think about podcasts as like, you know, continuing forever. Like I plan on doing this till I die. Now, how different is it doing a daily podcast versus a weekly podcast? Yes, there is a small but passionate and, and growing podcast audience, but for the number of podcasts, it's, you know, the podcast audience is very well served. So what metrics do you look at that you're able to get? So how do you decide if you need to kill a podcast? Welcome to our fifth and final episode of this bonus series that we've been doing this month of the Digiday podcast. We've been going in the weeds about sustainable media models. I am Brian Morrissey. Today we are getting meta and taking a look at what goes into making a successful podcast. I sat down with Jessica Stahl, the audio director at the Washington Post. We discuss what goes into launching a daily podcast, a deep dive into platforms and the measurability of podcasts and much more. Hope you enjoy this episode. Jess, welcome to the podcast about podcasts. Thank you so much. Okay, so you have been the director of audio for a little over a year at The Post? Yeah, I've been at The Post five years, but this uh, department has existed for a year and a bit. Okay, explain what an audio department at what was formerly known as a newspaper looks like. Uh, So it looks pretty much like what you'd imagine. It is the department that deals with all of our podcasts, and we do quite a number of podcasts Mm now. Um, Also oversees the content and content strategy for our smart speaker implementations, um, as well as sort of other multimedia Mm -hmm. audio-based projects. But like how many people are in it? Like how do you have like a, a audio department that's separate from the newsroom or it's part of the newsroom? It's it's part of the newsroom, which is something we feel really strongly about. Our department is mostly made up of audio producers. So people who come in with really strong production skills, audio storytelling skills to match with the reporting talent that we have in our newsroom. Um, So we just launched our our newest podcast, Post Reports, is our Mm -hmm. new daily podcast. So we have our executive producer for that, Madalika Sika, and her team of producers making that program, and then a team of producers and hosts making our other feature podcast programs. Okay, so these producers, they typically come from radio backgrounds. All sorts of backgrounds. We have people from public radio kinds of backgrounds. We have people who are more self-taught from other publications. One of our recent hires comes from the Third Coast Festival most recently. Uh, So a pretty wide range of backgrounds, I think. Okay. And so explain their roles for those who who are not, who are just podcast curious. (laughs) I have to do this for Aditi Sangal, our our producers here, because they hear me, but they don't hear Aditi. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really everything from... The strategy side, so working with me and working with our reporters and editors throughout the newsroom to figure out what podcasts and what stories we should be doing at all, and then working with those people to make sure that they sound great from a technical perspective and from a storytelling perspective. You know, you tell Mm -hmm. stories differently in audio than you might write them in print. Uh, And so making sure that 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 is being delivered properly. So do you find at the post that like you'll get like reporters who will like you know buttonhole you at the elevator and be like i got a great idea for a podcast all the time (laughs) we get i have a great idea for a podcast i'm going out to report this story and you know about half the time it's a great idea you're like pushing the down button for the elevator (laughs) about half the time it's a really exciting idea that we will definitely do 
half the time, we are really, really glad that they're excited about what we're doing, and it is a great opportunity to teach them more about what Okay, we do. so what do the reporters then get wrong about um, what makes for a good podcast, a compelling podcast? So there's two, there's two things typically. Um, and it's more, it's not about what makes for a great podcast as much as it is about what makes for a great Washington Post podcast, things that fit okay. into what we're trying to accomplish. So what we're trying to do at the Washington Post is reflect the best reporting and storytelling that our newsroom has to offer, R- highlight our personalities, highlight this incredible kind of depth of experience that we have in our newsroom. And so all of our programs are oriented towards that. We really focus on high-quality reporting, high-quality storytelling, um, and we're pushing into that realm much more than the kind of talk discussion kinds of podcasts that are proliferating out there. Mm -hmm. So when we hear an idea that's not going to be for us, a lot of times it is, hey, me and my friend have these great conversations, and we should sit down and record them. And first of all, just me and my friend have great conversations is usually not a good podcast. (laughs) They do actually require editing and pre-thought, but they're certainly not in the direction of what we're trying to do at The Post, which is this this more polished approach to helping people understand their world through the depth of experience that we have Mm -hmm. in our room. So give me an an example of a Post podcast, like not just a good podcast, but a good podcast. Washington Post podcast. So I think, you know, Post Reports, which is our our latest launch, is a really, really great example. It is just highlights the complete ethos of the Washington Post every single day. You can go to that podcast, you hear three different stories, everything from politics to tech to culture, and using the voices of our reporting to, to explain why those stories are happening, what they mean give you a peek behind the scenes of how they got reported um, and done so in a way that feels really polished, that uses music and sound in a really integrated way to create something that feels like an experience while you're listening to it. Um, I think another great example, there's a podcast we did maybe last year, a year and a bit ago, called Letters from War. Um, and this was a collaboration we worked for almost a year with our military reporter, Dan Lamoth. Mm-hmm. He had gotten access to this trove of letters that were written back and forth by one family during World War II. And it was these four brothers. Um, they wrote almost every single day. And it's you read these letters and it's just the most incredible story. They all served in the Pacific front of the war and between them had sort of every experience you could have in World War II. One of them fought in one of the very first battles and was injured and came home with PTSD and suffered PTSD the rest of his life. Another one came home sort of a massive war hero from two of the biggest battles of the Pacific Front. Another one was an airplane mechanic and ended up serving on the island from which they were launching the attacks and ultimately the the bombs onto Japan. So just you read it and it's like this incredible story. And right from the very beginning of that reporting, we said, this is going to be something in audio. What are we going to do? And we worked all year with Dan, paired with one of our producers, to figure out an approach to that story that would feel mm-hmm. really elevated and really unique. Um, and what Did we, Dan pitch this idea? Yeah, it came out of you know being part of the news. And we have these conversations yeah. all the time, right? Oh, what are you working on? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm working on this project. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just came out of those kind of 
kind of conversations that we were having. Um, and we did this really beautiful podcast that took these letters and narrated them through the voices of modern day military veterans. Um, and it was, that was a great mm-hmm. example to me of what we want to be achieving with our podcast in the sense of true collaboration between the best of the reporting and storytelling that's happening in the newsroom that that becomes the best of what yeah. we can offer in audio. So that had a start and an end? Yes. Okay. So explain that because I think a lot of a lot of times people think about podcasts as like, you know, continuing forever. <laughs> yeah. Like I plan on doing this till I die. That uh, is really <laughs> depressing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm going to talk with everyone in the media industry. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you know, Podcasting has developed a lot over the past several years, right? There, there. But I mean that, other than you know the morbid part of it, um, I mean that in that like you think it takes time to build up, you know, with yeah. a podcast. So I think a lot of times people think of the format; they end up going back to an interview format because you know you you, you have more material than it's like, oh wow, this would make like ten good episodes, but it's only ten episodes. Yeah, well, there's there's kind of a trade off there, right? There's Podcasts, the the form that many people think of as podcasting is what existed way back in the early stages of podcasting, which Mm -hmm. is these sort of talk radio kind of formats, the Mark Marins, Joe Rogans, Mm -hmm. this kind of podcast, right? Digital podcasts, but that are very personality driven, where you expect them to, to just grow and sustain audience over time and kind of build slowly over an extended period of time. And that is one model. Then Serial happened, right? And that kind of blew everything up and showed this other model that was this kind of short run mini series format that doesn't necessarily expect to build audience over time, but builds Mm -hmm. audience almost like a Netflix show, right? By saying, you're going to binge this thing. You're going to love this one thing and you're going to want to tell your friends about it. So it's not that people are going to kind of dribble into new episodes over time, but that the the existing set is so evergreen and so powerful that, that people will find it and talk to each other about it. And so that's that kind of mini-series model. Um, and then there's all sorts of stuff in between now, too, right? That's the thing that's fun about podcasting right now is people are experimenting with the format. So now you're getting things that operate in not only seasons, as, as Serial has gone on to do, but short seasons, Um, So things that release, you know, two months of material at a time, go on a break, come back two months later. Um, Mm -hmm. You have, you know, there's long form documentary miniseries and super, super short form. You know, we're playing with that idea of kind of high production short form. Can you make something that sounds as beautiful as those documentaries that doesn't carry the sort of mental commitment that that those do. Um, And so I think that idea that a lot of people who maybe aren't as familiar with podcasting have of this interview format, Mm -hmm. it's really shifting a lot away from that. And not away from that, but, but towards a more expanded view of like, when we say podcasting, really all we mean is audio. Right. And that can be a lot of different things. Um, Do you think the daily has created its own format then? I mean, there's a lot of daily-like things out there. I'm trying to start some kind of rivalry. 
uh, you're going to work kind of hard to do that because we don't, we, you know. I, you don't I, listen? Oh, great. of course I listen. No, we love The Daily. Um, no, you know, I think what The Daily did was highlight in a way that people hadn't realized before how much of a market there was for news mm-hmm. on in the podcast ecosystem. Um, and not to say that there wasn't news before, right, NPR and, and other public radio stations have always put their news out onto onto podcast platforms. But this idea that you could craft something that felt really um, podcast native, it didn't feel like it was being repurposed from a radio broadcast and that people would be really excited about that. Yeah. And how different is it doing a daily podcast versus a weekly podcast? It's faster. You have to do yeah. more of them. <laughs> um Five times. <laughs> Five times a week, every <laughs> single week. Uh, you know, the principle is the same. Good audio is good audio. The reason why you're telling the stories you're telling doesn't change. The staffing is certainly quite different, right? We have to have more people working on our daily show than... Like how many people? Our staff right now is nine. So executive producer, host, and seven producers. Um, and that's, you know, we felt really strongly when we were thinking about doing a daily and we thought about it for Could a, have a Snapchat discover channel for that. We have a Snapchat discover. Channel. I know, but I'm just saying it takes nine people. Yeah. I typically mean, that's like the rule of thumb. I, I, I don't know that much about Snapchat discover, but we <laughs> felt, we felt really strongly about if we were going to do a daily and, and like I was saying, we thought about it for a really long time that if we were going to do it. We didn't want to do it just to do it. We wanted to do something that felt like it was going to add something into that ecosystem and it was going to represent what we want the Mm -hmm. Washington Post to be in audio. And so we didn't do it until we were kind of sure that that was the investment that we wanted to make. Subconsciously or consciously, were you like, it has to be different from the daily? Come on, be honest. No, I mean, of course the daily, (laughs) it's, you know, it's it's there. You can't ignore that it's there. But we we did, and I and I don't say this as sort of like a rewriting you know, when of people, history. When people wrote about it, like we wrote about it, you know, the daily is going to be like in like paragraph three, maybe paragraph four, if you're, if you're <laughs> and it might be in paragraph one. Yeah, but I mean, yes, we always, you know, we certainly knew that comparison was going to be there. Yeah. Of course, you know, we we listened to the daily, so it was in sure. our minds. But it, it's not rewriting history to say that we made the choice to do a daily news podcast sort of air, not saying we're going to intentionally go a different way than the daily or even saying right. we're going to do this because the daily exists. It really came out of what do we want the Washington Post to be doing in audio when people say you should listen to the Washington Post. What does that mean? And I think it it just so happened, I think in, in a really lovely way that a lot of the things that we felt like we could bring that our core assets of the Washington Post led to us differentiating ourselves from the daily to create a program that runs in the afternoon and is sort mm-hmm. of a, a not summarization of the way of the day, but taking that kind of step back from the the just headline kind of kind of news. We knew that one of the assets that we wanted to highlight about the Washington Post was the breadth of our coverage. That news is so much broader mm-hmm. than that one Chiron. So not just politics. Not just politics. We Because a lot of people think about Washington Post and they think 
politics. Yeah, and we're super proud of our politics coverage. I would put our reporters up against anybody <laughs> in the world for our politics coverage. But our newsroom, we cover everything. We cover culture. We cover the economy. We cover the environment. We cover weather. We have a restaurant critic. We have arts critics. You know, our... Our idea of what the news is is much broader than politics, and we mm-hmm. kind of believed that most people's interests are much broader than politics, that we could offer something that would kind of speak to the greater variety of human interest. And mm-hmm. that led us to wanting to create something that was multi-segment instead of something that was just one story over the whole episode. Um, and so those two things, they're different from The Daily, but they're not mm-hmm. different from The Daily for a reason other than that's really what we wanted the Washington Post to be represented by. I want to take a quick break here. I'd like to invite you to come to a live recording of the Digiday podcast where I interview Melissa Bell, the publisher of Vox Media and also the co-founder of Vox.com. We have a lot to discuss considering the recent spate of bad news at news publishers like BuzzFeed, HuffPost, and Gannett. We are going to be hosting this live podcast event at Vox Media's headquarters in New York City on February 7th. Starting at 5.30, we will start the recording at 6.15 p.m. There are refreshments and mingling, so please do come for the podcast, but stay for the mingle. If you would like a complimentary ticket, we have a few available. There is a link in the show description on iTunes or alternatively, you can email our producer, Aditi Sangal. Email Aditi at Aditi, A-D-I-T-I, at digiday.com. And she will get you all set up and answer any questions you may have. Hope to see you there. Now back to the episode. How about discovery? I mean, there, there's a sort of long tail effect in podcasts. There's a lot of podcasts out there. And only a small number get large audiences, um, Digiday Podcasts and a few others. Um, but how do you... Get, I mean, the brand of the post means that it's going to get a gigantic boost. Yeah. But how do you build an audience? I'm sure you get a lot of people asking this. But yeah. How do you do it? I mean, we, we are lucky that we have a strong brand. And one of the things that we have thought a lot about is how we leverage that brand to grow the potential audience for a podcast. And this is something that, that actually The Daily has been very smart about mm-hmm. as well. You know, we know that they're is a group of people who are avid podcast listeners. And research shows that people who love podcasts love podcasts. They listen to many multiple podcasts in a week, many hours of podcasts in a week. And then there is a larger group of people who never listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. Maybe don't know what they are, certainly don't know how to open that app on their phone. And that's a huge opportunity And it's something that because we have a strong brand already, we can make a lot of efforts to try to reach out to those people and to give alternate Mm -hmm. ways to listen to the podcasts that we're making. And so I won't say that we've solved it, but we're working on it a lot, using our ability to reach people through our website, thinking about how we might deliver a podcast to someone who doesn't know what it means when you say, go rate and review this in Apple Podcasts. And the more that we can play with sort of that strength that we have in audience and reach, the better mm-hmm. off we are for our podcasts. What is going to expand the the podcast audience? Because I feel like, yes, there is a small but passionate and, and growing podcast audience. But for the number of podcasts, it's, you know, the podcast audience is very well served, 
I feel like. <laughs> yeah. I, so I, I think the answer is that the podcast ecosystem is going to have to develop this sort of, you know, it's very Apple podcast centric right now. There's a very small so number. Like what percentage of like the listens to the post podcast happen through Apple in some Form. We have pretty similar to everyone else, which is majority coming through the Apple Podcasts platform. We also promote heavily to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, yeah. sure, the sort of Spotify. core suite, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Do I have to mention all of them? Oh, so geez, we don't have iHeart. I'm just going <laughs> with the ones I mentioned. <laughs> um, so, you know, we, we make it, try to make it as clear as we can to people sort of where you can get these things and what app to click on on your phone. Um, but I do think the next step in podcasting, if we're going to solve this problem of sort of glut of material, most of which is very hard to, to find if you don't know what you're looking for, um, is going to have to be some sort of professionalization, some development around the way that people get their podcasts. And mm -hmm. there's some, you know, new apps that are developing right now to try to solve some of these discoverability problems. Um, it's something people have been working on for a couple of years. I don't know that the answer is out yeah. there yet, but the question is very much out there. And mm -hmm. that's at least that's at least a first step. And and like I said, you have people like us kind of thinking about what are the other ways that we can make sure mm -hmm. that we're exposing people to this kind of material. So if somebody doesn't know what to do with the word podcast, they can at least still understand here's an audio yeah. product and what you do is click here and listen to it. How do you make money? Ads? We Squarespace saw, ads? <laughs> we, we do. You'll hear ads on some of our podcasts. Um, right now, we are really focused mostly on developing as a department and kind of figuring out what The Washington Post is in podcasting. So we're, we're, we're focusing on sort of audience growth. and. Um, so you don't need to make enough money off the Squarespace ads to support the nine people just yet. It's not what we're looking at to justify whether or not okay. this department exists. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Good for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, look, podcast uh, um, monetization has always been, you know, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And it has lagged. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's tough like anything else, right? And the biggest problem is the metrics that, right. you know, we still can't get the kind of sophisticated metrics on on audio products that we can get on the rest mm -hmm. of our kind so of digital So what metrics products. do you look at that you're able to get? The, the one metric that you can get consistently across all platforms is listens and downloads. It's, it's the only thing that you can sort of see in the aggregate. Um, Isn't that crazy? It, it is. I actually, I come from a a social media, digital media, digital audience growth kind of background. Um, and so I'm used to working in an environment that, that has really sophisticated metrics where the challenge is how do you take in mm -hmm. all of this information and figure out how to make something out of it. Um, so it's a bit of a change to be in the opposite situation and say we don't have a ton of sophisticated listening data um, and, and be trying mm -hmm. to draw conclusions anyway. Um, but, you know, we do what everyone else does, which is take what we can get and try to extrapolate so we can get, you know, pretty sophisticated metrics for listens on our own platforms. We have the upgraded metrics that Apple is offering now. Um, some other platforms give slightly more detailed metrics than they used to give. Uh, and you sort of pull what mm -hmm. you can can from that to learn some useful lessons. Do you have a frustration with Apple? In what sense? Well, I mean, it seems like they could have they could be doing a lot more with podcasts. Everyone's getting their podcasts from from Apple at this point. 
Um, it'd be great if they were from other places, but Apple's got a ton of priorities um, that are outside of podcasts. It's just some tiny little thing for them. Yeah, although, you know, they have actually put a bunch of development into that platform recently after, from the outside, it seemed like not developing it for a while, right? So even the fact that we say Apple Podcasts now, right. you wouldn't have said that two years ago. It was all iTunes, and they're kind of breaking it out into a podcast ecosystem. So, you know, I have no insight into where they're going with that, mm-hmm. um, but it at least, they're, they're thinking about it in some yeah. way. Well, I mean, if they want to develop an ecosystem, they need to improve the metrics, number one. Number two is they need to provide some kind of monetization. I mean, imagine if they did for apps. I mean, just there's just a giant, uh, a giant, a much bigger opportunity for apps, I guess. Um, but it seems like they don't certainly don't put as much investment into the podcasting. But you would know more. I, I mean, I, I have no idea <laughs> how they're thinking about this. You know, I don't know that they're under any obligation yeah. to do any of that for us. Well, no, they don't have an obligation. But like, if you want to build an ecosystem, if you're committed to an ecosystem, you have to provide a certain amount of things. You need to provide easy distribution. You need to provide discoverability. And usually you need to provide some kind of monetization um, uh, in order to have people keep developing on your platform. I suppose. Although it depends what you think of as the purpose of that platform, right? So Google search, for example, Mm -hmm. right? The purpose of that platform is not to monetize your content. It's to to create a sort of user experience with that content and not, not saying that that's the right model or the wrong model, but you know, it, it just depends what you're thinking of the purpose of that platform for yeah, I guess. I guess so. Um, so how do you decide if you need to kill a podcast? That's a great question. Nobody's listening. That'll help. <laughs> Nobody's listening. Um, yeah. I mean, so genuinely it would be that either it doesn't reflect what we think we should be in podcasting. Um, and that's happened to us a couple of times with things that we started sort of very early in our journey uh, when we were just, you know, trying a lot of different things um, or that it's not paying off in in listeners. And we think that, you know, we that it's not going to continue growing. Um, and then it's, uh, you know, those are hard decisions to make, but we have made them. OK, so beyond podcasts, um, smart speakers, people are talking voice Voice is the new big thing. I think voice is voice been assistant, for a long time. CES, a voice assistant, and everything. Um, explain how you are looking at taking your audio strategy into the weird world of voice. It's a weird world. We have experimented quite a bit with voice assistants. We were one of the early uh, early adopters, I would say, on some of those platforms. So we have for quite a while had a flash briefing that you could get mm-hmm. on Amazon and Google. We have played around with a number of different iterations of uh, Alexa skills. Um, and I think where we're where we're at now is, uh, you know, we're participating in those ecosystems. So you can listen to our news programs as flash briefings on um, HomePod or, or Alexa or Google. Um, we have our skill where you can get a slightly deeper experience mm-hmm. with our news. Um, is that still experimental, though? It's it, it is it core to your audio strategy yet? It's no. I mean, those the platforms themselves are very much an experiment phase, right? These, this is a technology that you look at it and you see how it's going to change the world, 
and it's not quite there yet. It doesn't, it's not quite as sophisticated as you want it to be. It's not quite as easy to use as you want it to be. It doesn't understand what you say when you talk to it quite as well as you wish it would. Um, so it's important to, to be playing around and kind of keeping tabs on where that's going to go and mm-hmm. learning the lessons that we can learn you know, with where they are now, but there's a lot more development that's going to happen with how those platforms work. Right. So the core right now is podcasts. It's where we get most of our audience right now. Okay. Yeah. What do you think is 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 the next big step that you know the the smart speaker world will need to take? They will have to solve the discoverability problem mm-hmm. in the same. You know, it's a much more deeper problem yeah. there even like getting a flash briefing is kind of difficult yeah i mean the research is it, you know it's not that it's difficult but most people don't know how to do it and most people don't well, most do people it. know they exist right most people people know that they exist uh, what the research shows is that most people don't ever change the defaults hmm. so your alexa for example comes with a default briefing so when you say what's the news there's a default that plays out right most people either don't know or don't bother Um, changing that out. And so finding what else is available, really, really difficult. Finding those deeper skill experiences where there's all sorts of interactivity that you can do, you know, that's where as a brand, we can offer people a really comprehensive experience. It's very, very difficult to get people to know that that exists and to use it consistently. Um, So that I think is one of the key issues for, certainly for those of us making products for those platforms is just it's difficult to get people to to use them right now okay Jess, thanks so much thank you and thank you all for listening this show is produced by aditi songal i hope you enjoyed this bonus series we have geeked out on everything from subscriptions to email newsletters to event strategy and even as you just heard um podcasts Uh, Thank you also for all the feedback we've gotten. We are going to make this type of episode a regular part of the Digiday podcast. Um, I think it's worthwhile going deep on these kind of issues in addition to having the high-level strategic conversations. Uh, This week, I would also like to thank Mansi Zaveri, who said, At Digiday, mornings would not be the same without your podcasts. Carl Wells of WSJ, you are amazing. Thank you, Mansi. And also... This could go any different way. Guy LaCharles Gonzalez or Guy, we don't know, um, who tweeted several great insights from Paul Ford in another excellent Digiday podcast episode. This deep dive series has been especially good so far. Thank you, Guy slash Guy. Um, we hope to bring more of these to you in the future. If you have any tips or ideas, write me at bmarcy at digiday.com. Also, uh, you can tweet your reviews uh, for this podcast at me. I'm at bmarcy. And thank you again. We will be back next week with a new episode.